uh, on the kingdom of God. All right, titled it the Hidden Kingdom. I know it's really hard for people in the West to understand what a kingdom is. Uh, we always we think about a democracy, and uh, if we don't like an individual as president, uh, we say, "Just wait for your term to be over. We're voting you out." And that's what we do. And if we don't like the law, we decide, okay, we don't like that law anymore. Call your congressman. Tell him you don't like the law. You change the law. But in the kingdom of God, you don't have that right. You can't change the laws. You just cannot change. Um, Jesus was asked by Pilate, are you a king? He says, yeah, you said it right. I am. A king. But my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not from this world. It's not of this world. It's from above. So the kingdom of God is from above. And then Jesus told us, the kingdom doesn't come with observation. The kingdom of God is within you. Now, let me say this. Jesus never preached any other message uh, the title of his message was always just one. It's called the kingdom of God. Jesus never preached on the family. Husband and wives. He never preached on that. There was no t- a title of his message. Everywhere he went to preach, he preached the kingdom of God. There were parts of the kingdom of God, but his message was the kingdom of God. He preached the kingdom of God. He went everywhere to preach the kingdom of God. He sent the disciples out to preach the kingdom of God. That was his message. That was the only message. Because he came to set up a kingdom for God. And he talked about the kingdom of God. You can read in Luke chapter 4 uh, verse 43. The people were trying to keep him in a place to preach. Jesus says to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. So you can read through the scriptures. You will see it over and over again. He was preaching the kingdom of God. He never preached healing. But he healed the people. He never preached deliverance. But he delivered the people. So Jesus preached no other message. But the kingdom of God. Because that's the idea. If you don't understand what the kingdom of God is. You will not understand the ideology of the, Christ, uh, the kingdom of God. If you, you have to understand the idea of it. What the kingdom is all about. What is a kingdom? You know, I was doing some research here. It says a kingdom is the governing impact of a, of a king's will. The governing impact of a king's will over a territory or domain. Its influence over a people. Is the kingdom led, or a government led by a king? You know, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And he saw a statue. The head made of gold and all the way to the feet that had iron and clay together. And he forgot the dream. He couldn't remember the dream. But it worried him. He knew this was significant, but he couldn't remember. So he said, 
He picked or he called for all the wise men, astrologers. He said, You gotta tell me my dream and tell me the meaning of the dream. The guy said, It's never done. You tell us the dream and then we'll give you the interpretation. He said, No, I forgot the dream. You got to tell me my dream that I dream, you got to tell me my dream, and then tell me the interpretation. And if you don't do it, I'll kill all of you. And they said, hey, this is wrong. He's never done. No king does what you're doing. You got to tell us your dream, and then we'll give you the interpretation. And he said, now, you guys are stalling. You're trying to come up with something. But I'm going to tell you, I'll kill all of you. And Daniel heard about it, and Daniel says, Hey, don't, let, don't be in a hurry. I'll tell you, just give us some time. And he called Chidrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they had a prayer meeting, and in his sleep, God gave him the dream. And the interpretation. And the interpretation was this. You are the first kingdom. The kingdom of man. The greatest kingdom. Your kingdom, Nebuchadnezzar. Your kingdom is made of gold. Powerful. That's your kingdom. And then there's going to be a kingdom coming after your kingdom. It won't have the same glory of your kingdom. And then another kingdom. And then a kingdom will come that is so powerful. We recognize that as the Roman Empire. They're crushing everything. Made of iron. But then after this time, there will be, a king, there will be kingdoms. Some of them will be iron and some of them clay. Some of them very powerful like the United States. And the other one is like Botswana. And it says, they're all working together. It's called United Nations. You heard about that? And they are fighting the United Nations. They vote. One time they overrule and the other time. It's, it's a fight. He says they will try to work together, but they will not. All of this is in Scripture. We are in that time. Defeat, clay, and iron. And he says, in the days of those kingdoms, then there is a big stone that will come out of heaven and will crush everything. All of the kingdoms will be swept away and that one stone will become. That's the kingdom of God. God himself is going to set up a kingdom. That's the idea. But you know, the Bible tells us God doesn't change. I am the Lord. I change not. He is the same Yesterday, today, and forever. You are because of God's idea. What God wants in his heart. God's purpose. That's why you are. Every kingdom wants expansion, right? They want greater territory. They want to extend their territory. And so God created man. In his image, remember, he created the earth. earth. And then God created everything. He was going to, you know, extend his influence. And so he made Adam. Guess how he made Adam? He made Adam in his own image. And then he gave Adam dominion over the earth. You know, have you ever heard Lord of Lords? You see, understand, a king has all the power. That's his authority. King refers to dominion, authority. 
That's dominion. But the king must have a domain. That's the territory that he governs and has rule over. Now, a king is always the Lord. <laughs> the king is always the Lord. The Lord, automatically, if you are a king, we're not talking about democratic type of kings like we have the Queen of England, no most power. We're talking about the king like Nebuchadnezzar. He says, I'll kill you. <laughs> My word is law. If I point to you as a king, he's a man, but he's a king, right? If he points to you and says, this is your last day, guess what? It's over for your life. That's the kind of king we're talking about. The king is the Lord. So, the Lord means, refers to domain, what you want. So, the king is the Lord. And the king has dominion. Over everything. You know, Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord, and what? The fullness thereof. Everything that's on the earth belongs to Him. You belong to Him. Your children belong to Him. Your gold belongs to Him. Your car belongs to Him. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. The king has dominion over everything. So, because God gave Adam dominion, Adam was kind of a king, a lord, right? So, the word of God says, the king of kings and the lord of lords. Let me tell you, the kingdom of God, the Bible doesn't talk about the king and his subjects. The kingdom of God talks about only a royal family. Everyone, can you see the one that's sitting by you? Not them a little bit. <laughs> you are talking to, you just touched a royal, you just touched royalty, okay? He's king of kings. King of kings. He is the king. It's a royal family. We are not just subjects. We are his children. And because he, we are his children, we have his nature and we have his authority. Just like Adam had. Adam had it. Adam could name every animal. He was the Lord. He was whatever he said. That was it. If Adam said lion, that was his name before the fall. So God wanted to extend his territory, his domain, and he has his children to do that for him. And it's an invisible kingdom. Because the kingdom doesn't come with observation. It's right inside of you. He changes your life and he lives inside of you. The kingdom of God. And the purpose of the kingdom. You know, that scripture says, there's a scripture that says, God, let me put it this way. Uh, Numbers chapter 14, verse 21. It says, but truly, please get this, it's very important. Truly, I, as I live, is God still alive today? Yes. He said, truly, as I live, all the earth 
shall be filled with what? The glory of God. What's the word glory? The word glory is Ichabod. Uh, you know what that means? The glory, you know, the Bible, when uh, the ark was taken, it said the, ark, the glory of God has been taken and been lifted. Yeah, it's glory. What that means is heavy. The word in Hebrew means heavy. So when we are in church and you say, I feel the presence of God, right? You feel this thing come over you. I know when we talk about glory, people want to see some shiny stuff, right? (laughs) Yeah. But the glory is God's heaviness. It comes on you and it leaves leaves his, his imprint upon your life. The glory leaves its imprint upon your life. What that is, is God's glory filling. The word also means culture. The word is culture. God wants the culture of heaven to fill the earth. And he wants to use you to Fill the earth to extend his territory, his domain. He is still the king, but you are king under him and you are family, royal family. Can you understand the culture? That's what it was. You know, Great Britain, right? They wanted to extend their territory. And they wanted to extend their influence all over the world. The United States... It was a colony of Great Britain. Guess what language you speak? English. I know you've changed it somewhat, but but you still have to speak English. It's their influence. In Africa, they brought their influence to us. We have our own language, but when you go to work, you are not permitted to speak your language at work. They make you speak, guess what? English. Their influence, the influence of the kingdom. You know, sometimes I watch news about South Africa, and they're doing trial, and I see this uh, judge, he's sitting, not like the United States, you know, we guys, we we vote everything out, okay? That's the United States. Uh, But over there, you see a judge, he comes, he's sitting down, you know, and he has a robe. We don't have robes yet. That's the English. And some of them put some silly wig on their head and it's white. Have you seen that? Yeah. Because they came from Great Britain. And even though they've left and gone back to their country, the culture remains. They're still wearing the wig in court. That's the glory of Great Britain. Everything that happens in this territory brings the king glory. Can you get it? Everything that happens in this territory, they bring the king glory. So the kingdom of God, just like every other kingdom, has its ways. No kingdom can run without laws. I like the United States. Because it's a a country that's run by laws. There is a king, and then there is his domain. 
And then you have to have a constitution. For the government of God, the constitution is this book. That's the constitution. The constitution is just the will and the mind and the desires of the king. You know, he is the Lord. He owns you. You know why we ask you to pray when you pray to receive Christ? Romans chapter 10, verse 9. He says, if you will confess, what? Jesus is Lord. You know what you're saying? Jesus, you are my owner. You have no rights. Once you make him Lord and you really mean it, you have no rights. You do only what the king wants you to do. If you go against the king's witches, you will pay a serious price. You only do what he wants. You ask Jesus to be your Lord and the Lord of your life because he is the king. There is a constitution. That's the covenant he's made with us. Covenant between him and us. And the covenant is really his desires, what he wills for his kingdom, how his kingdom must be. Then there are laws of the kingdom, just like every kingdom. There are laws of the kingdom. No government will exist without laws. You have to go by the law. I know there is what is called grace. There is what is called grace. But let me tell you, in the kingdom of God, the citizenship or citizenry is according to the choice of the king, his will. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to be. It's like being a Roman citizen, being an American. You, gotta, you want to be one because things are going to be different, right? If you are one, then you got all the privileges and all the benefits. It's, a, it's, it's not a right. It's a privilege in the kingdom of God. So everyone is doing what they can to, get part, to be part of it. Because when you become a part of God's kingdom, he becomes responsible for your life, your welfare, everything that happens to you. And he takes it seriously because your welfare will reflect on his person. What's happening to you will reflect on him. So he does his job to make sure you are happy in this kingdom and that you are doing well in this kingdom. And there are laws of the kingdom, principles that we have to abide by to make this thing work. Standards that God is putting in his, in his word for it to work. A lot of Christians, they just say, well, I'm going to be a Christian. You can't be to that. You know what happens if you go against the law of the United States and you're caught? You'll be in prison. This is a kingdom. And the subjects of this kingdom, their only goal, the people of this kingdom, in the kingdom of God, your only goal 
is to be subject to the king. And everything you do must be for him, to please him. The more you do to please him, the more favor you got in your life. You know, there's a lot in my mind. You have to have an army, right? We got to extend the territory, right? Guess what? Everyone that puts themselves into expanding, not for them, but for the king. So his territory, they lose their lives. Trying to expand the kingdom for the king. And every general, every soldier that is valiant out there, you have special privileges with the king. See, heroes, when they come back, they, it may be from a little town, Tai Tai, Georgia. But he's a hero. He's fighting for the king. Now, when he comes back, he can see the president. You know what he said? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, that's how you obtain favor. That's how you obtain favor from him. If you live your life as if there is no king over your life, he knows it. He is God. He knows you are not following the rules of the kingdom. There's grace. Grace is to empower you. First of all, you can't be a part of the kingdom of God without grace. You wanted it, but it's grace that brought you in. For by grace are you saved through faith. That's so much. God shared with me this morning. The kingdom has, every kingdom has currency, right? That you used to do business. The currency of the kingdom of God is faith. It's faith. You got to do business with God. You have to believe. You need a miracle. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Only believe. All things are possible to the one who believes. All things are possible to the one who believes. It's a kingdom. God is the king of the kingdom. And God being the king of the kingdom, he's also the father of the kingdom. Over everyone who is a part. Because we're children. It's a kingdom of God where God is the father. And whatever we need, we go back to the father. We need resources. So he has them all available for us. All we need to do is ask. But he has to know, are you going to use these resources for the expansion of the kingdom? Or is it just for you to be a big shot? Okay, but it's for the kingdom. You got it. It's for your welfare. You got it. It's for your children. You got it. It's for you to feel good about the kingdom. You got it. He wants you to feel good. It reflects back on him. Amen? You guys are real quiet. But you know, it's a spiritual kingdom. Usually, the third, the king, is our father. We call him our heavenly father. There's also another kingdom. Another spiritual kingdom. 
You know, in, uh, I believe it's Matthew chapter 12, verse 26, Jesus said, if Satan cast out Satan, what's that? A house, if, if Satan cast out Satan, his kingdom will not stand. Okay? He says, if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? He has a kingdom. Satan has a kingdom. There are only two kingdoms. If you don't belong to the kingdom of God, guess what? You all believe you belong to the kingdom of Satan. You can cry all you want and stomp and kick that you don't. There are only two spiritual kingdoms. And we're spirit beings. It's either you belong to one or you belong to the other. You know, he is the king because he is the kingdom, the kingdom of this world. And you know, just like God is a father, Satan is also a father. You can read John chapter 8 verse 44. Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil, and his desires you want to do. So Satan is also a father. He's a spiritual kingdom. You either belong to the kingdom of God or you belong to the kingdom of the enemy. But I thank God every one of you is a part of the kingdom. Part of the kingdom of God. You live by the laws of the kingdom to be successful in the kingdom. And as your glory rises in the kingdom, it reflects back to him. And the more your glory rises in the kingdom, the more favor you have. So I don't need to please anyone. If I need favor, please the master. Do what's right by the master. That's the issue here. The glory of God spreading all around the world. God has a family. He is the king. And we are the kings. Remember in Revelation 19 verse 16. It says. uh, And he. As on a robe. And on his tie. A name written. King of kings. And Lord of Lords. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. God's purpose has not changed from the beginning. When God says, Let us make Adam in our image, in Psalm 33, verse 11, it says, But the plans of the Lord are stand firm for how long? Forever. His plan stands firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Through all generations. God has a purpose. His purpose is to set up a kingdom in your heart where he is the king. We said that last week. The kingdom is within you. So if the kingdom is in you and the king is there, you are royalty. Everywhere you go. And the enemy understands that there is royalty here 
in the children of the living God. This kingdom is the kingdom of light. The Bible says the light shines in darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. But the thing is, are you still, every one of us was, was born into the kingdom of darkness. Every one of us. So once you are born into this world, spiritually, Satan is your father. According to the word, under the fall. You, God then in his mercy, makes it clear to us, hey, you can be adopted into another family. Through the death of his son, you can. And as soon as you accept his son, there is a transfer made. There's got to be a price. Everyone that was born under the kingdom of Satan, a slave. We sang it this morning. I'm no longer a slave. Satan forces you to do what your, your mind doesn't want to do. There are addictions that you, do, you hate, but you can't stop. There are things in your life, you're treating your wife or your children badly, and you know you're doing something wrong, but you can't stop it. Because you are a slave. You're doing what your master wants. But you can be transferred or translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light if you will accept Jesus as Lord. So once it comes out of your mouth that yes, because God has given you that right. Why? You were made in His image. Once you confess with your mouth, that's what it says. Your mouth, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Once you say it out loud, I hate when people whisper. When you're mad about something, do you whisper? Well, if you're mad about being in Satan's kingdom, how come you whisper when you receive Christ? You say it with boldness, right? I am accepting Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And all of a sudden, it's like when God said, let there be light. And darkness disappeared. You see, I've nev- there can never be a battle between uh, light and, and darkness. You know who will win. That light will always win. Question is, have you been translated? Have you been translated into God's kingdom? Colossians 1 verse 13, it says, and he has delivered us. Listen, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and has conveyed us into the kingdom of his son, the son of his love. I want to be conveyed into that kingdom. There is no darkness in that kingdom. The key is I saw a scripture uh, that got my attention. I always quote the scriptures from um, um, Matthew 11, verse 12. That's not the scripture I'm going to. But he says, from the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violence wants take it by force. But if you read the same scripture... In Luke chapter 16, verse 16, he says, 
someone was speaking to the Lord. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few that will be saved? Excuse me, 16 verse 16. He says, the law and the prophets were until John. Since then, since that time, since what time? Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached. Guess what is being preached? The kingdom of God. We said that before, right? The kingdom of God is being preached. And guess what? Everyone is pressing into it. Everyone is pressing into it. This is limited. The gate is narrow. It's, it's, it's limited seating. If you don't, if you will have it. So what's happening? If you understand, everyone is pressing into it. Everyone is pressing into it. If you know, you, I know here we watch football games, right? And, and you know there are limited seats. Guess what happens? People go early, right? To get to the place. And if you come at the right time, wrong time and everybody's trying, <laughs> I mean, there is no friend, or I'm going to get in, right? You're pushing really hard. That's, the, that's what he's saying. Everyone is pressing into the kingdom of God. And you know, this is so important. I see what's going on in the church. People are playing games with God. They're forgetting the scriptures. Not everyone is going to make it. Not everyone is going to make it. We have to understand this. You don't play games with God. He cost him his own life. You just don't go to church and play games. And that's happening a lot. A lot all over. The world, all over the world. There's so many people are ma- playing games with God. I, I feel like going to church today. I don't feel like going to church. It's like a game. He cost God his life. You can play games with God. Everyone, if you have understanding, that's what the Bible says. If God has given you an understanding and you know what awaits those, the dead without Christ, you know what awaits them, believe me, you won't sleep. But Satan doesn't want us to say that. So he keeps us in in his kingdom. Dark, in darkness. But once your eyes are open, you're going to do something about it. Everyone is pressing in. Everyone is pressing in. And in Luke 13, verse 23, someone said to Jesus, from verse 23, Lord, are there few who are saved? Notice the same thing comes up. He said to them, strive, strive to enter, right? Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, now let me tell you, the word of the king is law. When Jesus says many, that's many. Many will want to, many will seek to enter and will not be able. Every time I read that scripture, I go begging God, please. I want to be part of the ones that make it. And you can see it. In the lives of people who go to church. It's not a serious thing. They are not involved in church. They are not involved with the work of God. It's the last thing they think about. They go to church on Sunday. Maybe twice in a year. 
It's not there. That's the saddest part of life. For you not to even be concerned about the God that created you. One day you're going to see him face to face. It's about the kingdom of God. And yet, God has a remnant. Those people who are burning for God, they want to know God better. They spend time. It's almost like I've got to go to church. It's part of my life. That's who I am. If you are a Christian, you go to church, right? If you are a Muslim, you go to the mosque. If you're a congressman, you know where to go, right? <laughs> hey. You guys, your hearts up. God, God, God have mercy on you. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, but that's you. <laughs> but this is what it is. You are a part of his kingdom. Do your best to make him look good. In the world. Because it's a secret kingdom. You press in. You press in. It says. Many will seek to enter. They will not be able. Today. I hear ministers. There are people who call themselves ministers. Saying you don't have to believe in Christ. To make it to heaven. They even have a movie out now. My wife showed me this is a movie made. I said, I don't want to see that movie. I'm not going to see it. But that's what they're saying. And they call those people that go to church and call upon God. You guys are ignorant. You don't know what it is. And it's out there. And so I'm like, you do whatever it takes. Do whatever you can. All you have to do is just call on the name of Jesus. Say a few words with the pastor. Shake his hand and you got your ticket to heaven. Many will try, will seek to enter. They will not be able. Now, if these words are not true, then God is lied to us. God is lied to us. Notice, seek is not somebody sitting back at home. They're trying to do something. Not just for somebody living the way they like. They're trying to do something. It's a crazy world we are in today. It, can tell, it tells me we have come into the very end. You see people who are called Christians, a man and a woman, they're not married. They sleep together. It's no big deal to them. They don't even have a conscience. Paul has made it very clear in his word. You let go of conscience and you make shipwreck of your faith. It's truth. It's truth. I'm going to be judged by the Lord for what I say here. And I'm not into the church thing. I want church. I want to raise people for God. Give them water. But the real thing, I want them to be with me there with the master. That's, that's the word. It's not a game. It's not a game. It's not when I feel. If you are a slave or if Jesus is your master and he owns you, and he wants something, you can't tell him, I'm tired today, I'm not going to do this, can you wait till tomorrow, I'll bring it to you. Tell that to your master, tell that to the President of the United States. This is what I see going on in the church, and it's really frightening, and he's telling me, the kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. Because the confirmation is in the attitudes of the people. How they are walking with God. 
I want to serve him. I want to do what is right. The Bible talks about passion. I would rather have you hot or cold. No middle ground. If you look at the church today, it seems like most of us are in the middle. That's the way we live our lives. And I wonder what's really going on here. Satan is having a field day in the lives of believers. I know this is a hard message, but it's the truth. You really need to wake up and make, make the, like Paul said, make your election sure. When it's all over, I tell you, when you see his face, I want him to smile. If he's unhappy with you, oh Lord. I mean, it would be better if you, were nev- if you never existed. Because it's over. It's eternity. It's eternity. What is that, that thing that is so big you can let go to serve God? However, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Find a place. Plug in. And do whatever it takes for the kingdom's sake. That's what it is. Don't roam around. Find a place and serve your father. Expand this kingdom. Do what is right. He'll bless you. Every branch in me that bears fruit, the father purges that he'll bear more fruit. I want to be that one. I want to be that one. I want him to be pleased with me. How many years do you have in life? How long are you going to live? Maybe a hundred? What do you have to show to the Father? Let me use the energy that God's given to me to serve Him. I cry out to God every time. Yes, Pastor Rovich is just wonderful. I still want to win souls. I still want people to come to the kingdom for Him. I think about the young people. I want them to grow up and take it over if Jesus tarries. My work is done. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. His life has touched your life and has given birth to you. He says rule. Right? Govern. In the area that God has given to you. He is the king. We are the kings. Under him. He is the Lord. We are under him. All his resources. Are available to us. Because he is the Lord. He owns everything. And we are under him. And if we line up with his agenda. Then we have everything. No wonder Paul says. All things are yours. So wonder what do you mean? All things are yours. And all things work together for good. To those who love God and to those who are called what? According to his purpose. His purpose is what stands. Are you fulfilling his purpose for your life? Do you even know it? Do you even have you even taken time to think on it? Because that's the most important thing in life. 
If you have this purpose, every other thing will come towards you. You know, the Bible, Jesus said, I used to wonder, he says, where the eagle is, or where the cock is, is the vultures will gather, right? You, it's kind of negative, but you stay with his purpose, everything that's good in life will come towards you. All things work together for good. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. Bow your heads with me this morning. There are those that we use the word calling. God's calling you. And you know you haven't given everything to him. Today is the day. Second Corinthians chapter 6 tells us now is the acceptable time. The accepted time with God. You can make that commitment to God today by telling him to help you. And he will. Every word that you speak from your mouth, in my mind, is recorded. And God never forgets it. More so the words that you speak towards him in the name of of his son. They are always remembered. And if today you will speak in the name of his son, and you will tell God, you know, God, you know me. You know everything about me. But right now, I need you to give me the right desire. That's the desire to be a part of your kingdom and to do your works. If that's you today, God will will immediately hear you and answer that prayer. There used to be a song that we sang in those days. It says, um, take the whole world and give me Jesus. No one goes, well, the world can't give you Jesus. The world doesn't have Jesus. God gives you Jesus. But there's truth in that. In other words, you're saying nothing else matters. All I want is Jesus. Because in Him, everything exists. How many today will surrender completely to Christ and this call? If that's you, can I see you stand up? You want to surrender? This is not salvation thing. You want to surrender completely to God and His cause. Can you stand up, please? Everyone that wants to surrender, you mean it from your heart, to God and His cause, to His kingdom, to do kingdom work. Everyone that wants to do that. And if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the greatest opportunity for you to make that commitment and God will hear from heaven and bless your life. Today is a new day for some of us. And today is a greater day for 
the rest of us because we are committing to him. I want you to make a genuine confession to God that he will be number one in your life. Nothing else. Nothing else will come between. If you can say that to him today, God will take you at your word and he will begin to help you. The strength, the resources, they all belong to him for us. And we can draw from those resources. Lift your hands up to the Lord this morning. Say with me, Lord, I surrender my life totally to you. Lord Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Guide me. Work in me to reach out to the world. I will be a part of this kingdom, the kingdom of God. And will do my best to preserve the kingdom, to advance the kingdom by the power of your name and by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you put your hand together for him?